Doug Lloyd, alongside his wife Victoria, was scammed out of nearly $200,000 recently after seeing an online video of what appeared to be Elon Musk promoting a new investment opportunity. However, in reality, it was a deepfake creation orchestrated by cybercriminals. In this episode, Lloyd joins guest host Chase Cunningham to discuss his experience. Doug, can you kind of explain how this whole thing transpired? Well, after we saw that commercial on YouTube, we contacted the website and we filled in applications. And the next day we got a call back from somebody in the UK, it appears, and with a Dutch accent saying he'll sign us up and he'll put his best financial advisor on our case. And that was what would happen. This was a guy named Jay Bakshi. He called from Be The Bank is what the name of the company was. And he showed us a website from Better Business Bureau in England and that it was legitimate. Everything looked good. So we started going with it. And we started off on currency exchange, international currency exchange, betting just a little bit, you know, investing small bits. And then we made a little money on that after a month or so. And then Jay said, if you want to really make money, you got to put in more money and that the Be The Bank company, they would lend us $50,000 to invest. But the thing about it was you had to pay that back before you could take any of your profits out. And so we did that and we did start making money. It looked so real online. Jay was calling us every day. It was originally my wife's account, but she's busy a lot of times. So I took it over. So that money, when we put in all that extra money, it wasn't just small time. It was for buying cryptocurrency. You talked us into that. That's where you make all the money. So I fell for that. Within two months, he got 177000 but he showed us we had built up to 500000 US. And that's when I decided, well, we'll take out 350000 US and leave the rest to keep on growing. And we never were able to take out a cent. And that's when I, it's, it's a scam. And I refused on the last payment. He wanted another $10,000 and I blocked it. And that's when he got really angry. We got recordings of him threatening, you know, you're making the worst mistake of your life. Nobody can get your money. You got to go through with that and call me back and call three times a day for day after day after day. And we record them all. We have recordings of them, video of them taking over my computer. So he would use any desk because I'm only good with one hand, so I can barely type. I got paralyzed on my left side when in a motorcycle accident long, long ago. And so I was too slow for him. So he would say, don't touch the mouse. And he would take over, you know, do my banking, sign me up for all these crypto exchange currency, like things called Kraken and Coins Drum. I guess that's where you send the money and they invest it into Bitcoin for you. So this was a really kind of a coordinated long-term type of thing. I mean, this strung out for a few months. This individual was also somebody that you interacted with regularly. Every day, I always like my best friend. He would be, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. And we got everything under control. And Was it all via phone or were you on like Zoom calls or how did all that transpire? Like, I guess, did you ever kind of meet this person, if you will? No, we never saw his face. It was always by telephone and any desk so he could take over my computer, but we never saw his face. Okay. And so when this moved to the the source point about any desk, basically the way that he was putting this was, it was a way for him to help you out and to get this kind of done quicker, better, faster, correct? Yes. Yeah. To make the investments and to choose what we're investing in. And what happened early on is I accidentally clicked on a different account number and I got into those accounts three or four of them, every one of them had the same password. And I thought, well, that's not right. It's a financial company. They don't give everybody the same password. Jay would come up with all these excuses. Well, don't go up there. The company will cut you off, you know, if they see that you're going on these other accounts. So don't touch them. You know, and he just kept having an excuse for everything that I objected to. 
this guy obviously was part of a program that this is going through. I mean, he's skilled at what he's doing. There was never a indicator that this was just totally off base. And you felt like this was a real financial advisor doing something that was benefiting you for the long term. Exactly. We wanted to make that money. We're trying to build a retirement house out in the country so we don't have to go in an old age home or something. And all that money he took from us, that was where it was supposed to go to pay the contractors. The bank won't do anything because they say my visa wasn't compromised because I let him take over. So, oh, so legally, they don't really have to do anything is what they're basically telling you. That's what they've done twice to me now. And the interest on that is $1,500 a month just to pay the interest on that loan on my line of credit. And that's probably well half my pension. Wow. Right. So this guy also basically ran up your card as well. Well, it's just my line of credit. So I have a big line of credit and he maxed it almost right out. Wow. When everything went sort of sideways and you figured out that this was all, you know, not going to be anything other than him getting irritated and calling you or whatever else, were there any follow-on kind of additional threats? Was there anything physical or was it just like, you guys can't do this, it's a bad idea? Yeah, and he had another woman, Mila, to call up saying, you know, you have to get in touch with us. He kept trying to get us to call back, but I never called back again, ever. And then they just kind of went away? Well, they kept calling three times a day for at least a week, I guess it was. Finally, the call stopped. I'd made a police report early with the Ottawa police, and they just took all my evidence just last week, finally. And the Canadian cybercrime reporting place, well, they took all our data, but they don't do any investigation, so they just published it. So do you feel like you've kind of fallen through the cracks in this whole thing as far as, you know, the way that you would expect a response to be? Or what hope do you have currently? Well, I have zero hope with the bank because they say it's my fault, you know, you let the guy do it to you. And... There's no help from the cops, really? They just took a police report and that's kind of it? At the very beginning, they took a police report and then nothing, you know. After the CTV News interview, where I said that I hadn't heard back from the police, well, they called the next day. And then the bank would never take all the evidence we had. We had recordings of his voice on his phone calls. We had video, all my statements, my bank accounts, all the things that he'd opened for me, Coinstrom and these Kraken and all that. So that was all on a small jump drive I gave to the police. Now, I don't know what they can do with it. For number one, my sympathies. I know that that doesn't carry much weight, but I, you know, my heart goes out to you. In your experience, if you could go back, like what would be the thing that the hindsight would sort of say, this is maybe something I should do differently? Or is there anything in the process that you would be like, this was where it kind of all really should have showed up that there was a problem? I guess I should have taken that warning when I got into other people's accounts right away. I mean, it's obviously not secure. That would be the first sign. And then trying to take the money out, that was the end of that. Well, in the Elon Musk deep fake, I mean, I looked it up and did a little research. I found some follow-on videos of that. How legit did you feel that that was when you saw it? Were you like, this has got to be real? Was it 100% or was it like, there's a little bit of something weird here because maybe there's not syncing up of lips and words all the time or, or did any of that stand out to you? No, not at all. No, it looked 100% legitimate. Were you aware that there were deep fakes out there? Oh, and then when I saw after the CTV news report, then that reporter he found on Facebook, he found the same story, but reverse. They faked our voices. They faked my wife's voice. They said we made 170000 and everybody should go and invest in this company. So they actually flipped it on and used you guys and deep faked you to try and recruit other people to the same scam. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's bold. Putting the AnyDesk software or whatever else, like, was that something that you felt was just going to make this move to the next logical step? Or did you have any apprehension about somebody letting run software on your computer? No, I didn't. But at the end, it turns out we had to take it to Staples to get it cleaned. And they found bit mining software on there where he'd been mining cryptocurrency with my computer in the background. 
I mean, this is a pretty exceptionally devious type of thing where they're putting software, they're doing Bitcoin mining, they're pretty much dragging you into the mix. That's a rough one. So is there any advice that you would give folks that might find themselves in a similar position? Other than if it sounds too good to be true, it might be. I mean, what else would you tell somebody? Well, that's the first thing I would say. And then I guess just do more investigating yourself, like go on Better Business Bureau. We looked up everything we could find out about that company and it was registered in England and it looked so legitimate. I mean, what more can you do? I guess the only thing really is to stick with the ones you know. It's one of those things where I, I get it, right? There's the opportunity and there's a, a way to potentially do some stuff. And you guys obviously had a real desire to get to that retirement home. This definitely puts a kink in your plans. Yeah, if I can't pay it back, my house is on the line now. Oof. You know, I wish there was more that I could do for you. The cybersecurity community, our heart goes out to you. If there's anything that, you know, we can do, please let us know. There's folks out there that could try and help. The only thing we did, my wife registered for a GoFundMe program, and it's maybe like $400 there now, but that's a long way to go. Yeah, it's a long way to go, but it's something we'll try and get your uh, GoFundMe and see if we can help push that out to where it can. Well, again, Doug, thank you so much for sharing your story. Just really, really rough stuff to hear here. You know, for the folks that are listening, if it sounds like it might be too good to be true, it probably is. Deep fakes are a real thing. And yeah, you've got to be aware of what's going on on the internet because it's a dangerous place. And don't sign up with a company called Be The Bank. The website looked real and it started off bethebank.inc and then later it got changed to bethebank.inc. So again, Doug, thank you so much for jumping on and talking with us. Hearts go out to you. I believe that, you know, good things can happen. So I'm going to cross my fingers and, and hope that something good happens there. But best of luck. Thank you, Chase. For Cybercrime Radio, that was guest host Chase Cunningham with Doug Lloyd, a recent victim of cybercrime. For more of our media, visit our website at cybersecurityventures.com.